listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit was given to us as a seal and how he seals us and how he's a deposit. The scripture says he was an earnest of, of what God's going to do in our life. And so when we gave our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and he, he lives in us. And, he, and I, I just, I love that picture, that image of the Holy Spirit being a seal. I mean, he, he seals me. And so that just, that just says to me that, you know, if God's my seal, what can get to me? You with me? I mean, what what can what can what can harm me? What can get to me if the Holy Spirit is sealing me? You know, I mean, that just think about that. It ought to just it ought to just blow our minds. You know that that you know God, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Y'all y'all remember that? And He's God, and He lives in us, and He's our seal. It says we just studied last week how He's the deposit of of a it's a guarantee. Of, 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 of what God's going to do in our lives and, and, and down the road. So let's go back. We're going to read. I want to read again to you out of the message translation. I have it up on the screen so you can follow. Um, we're going to read verses 3 through 17. I, one of the things I like to do as we're studying the scriptures is if you're not careful, where people go wild, or wild's not the right word, where people go astray, let's put it that way, in their study of Scripture or in understanding theology or doctrine, is they take a Scripture and they pull it out of context. Okay, and it's, I mean, you can, you can prove anything if you want to just pluck a verse out of what the middle of context. I mean, you can, you can say just all kinds of stuff. Okay, so when you're studying the Scripture, you need to study it in the context of what it's being said. Okay, and that's, that's why I like to keep reading these verses so we get the picture. In other words, most of the New Testament are letters that were written to different churches and to people. Okay, and that's part of what we have now is the Word of God. And so a letter... You don't write a letter for somebody just to pull one word out of it and, and make it mean something, okay? It's in context, and that's why we, we read it that way. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to start there. How blessed is God, and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master Jesus Christ, and He takes us up onto the high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid the earth's foundation, He had us in mind. Is that good? <laughs> I know I always stop at that, but I can't help it. That's just good. I mean, before before the planet was put here, God knew you, and He knew me, and He had us in mind. I mean, that was a long time ago. <laughs> he had us in mind, and He look at this. Not only did He have us in mind, but He settled on us as the focus of His love. To, make, to be made whole and holy by His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure He took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of His lavish gift-giving by the hand of His beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. We're free, guys. Didn't we sing that today? Then we sing something like, we're free, 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 free. We don't have to slay in slavery anymore. We can walk out of that jail. Okay, the door's been opened up. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And I love this, not just barely free either, abundantly free. 
He thought of everything, provided for everything that we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. You with me? He had glorious living is when? Now. <laughs> It's, everybody say now. Now. Glorious living starts when? Now. We have life starts when? Now, it's not when we die and go to heaven. It's going to be awesome and great and wonderful when that happens. But we don't have to wait till there to start living. We can have life now. And not just a little bit of life, <laughs> glorious living. Man, that ought to excite you for some reason. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you who once heard of the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourself home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. The signet ring from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. That's why, and here's where we're going to, here's where we're going to camp today. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master and, and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I could not stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. I ask the God of our Father, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing Him personally. We're going to camp there. Let's look at 15, verses 15 and 17 in NIV. For this reason, Paul says this, For this reason, ever since I, what? Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people. Is that, see, when, when you and I, when we operate in faith, When we operate, it says this, that they, he heard about their faith and their love for God's people. When we operate in faith and when we operate in love for each other, guess what's going to happen? People are going to hear about it. You with me? Paul says this. I, listen, Paul said, and look at me, they didn't have FaceTime back then. They didn't have text messages They didn't have, you know, the ability to go on and messenger somebody in Facebook. They didn't have telephones. Y'all remember what those are? They didn't have cell phones. But somehow or another, because these people had a faith in God and had a love for one another, Paul saying, I heard about that. When I read that, my, my question, I, I don't know, sometimes I think my brain just worked weird. But, but my question was this. Has anybody heard about my faith? Has anybody heard about my love? Is, is the neighborhood, look at me, is the neighborhood, is this community, are they hearing about our faith, about our love? Is that the word that's getting out? Don't you want that to be the word that gets out? 
I'm telling you, so much, so often the word that gets out is how, is how mad we are at something or how upset we are about something or how we don't like this particular political thing or we don't like this thing that's happened or, we, or we're anti this or we're anti that. And that seems to be the message that speaks so much louder than the fact that we have faith in Jesus and that we love people. And if that word could get out... You know what? If, if you're not feeling it, go over there and meet with those people because they'll love you. If you're if you're suffering right now, if there's if there's something and you're just not and you need help and you need love, Vineyard Church they're known for one thing: they're known for loving folks. If you go over there, they're going to love you. What would that be? An awesome message to get out. What a testimony! He heard Paul say. Guys, I heard, I, I heard of your faith and I heard about your love. And because of that, he says, I've not stopped thanking God for you or giving thanks for you. And I keep asking, now here's where we're really going to camp this morning. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you this. Paul's praying. I'm asking God, people. I'm asking God, church at Ephesus. I'm asking God to do this, that he will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So you can be puffed up and proud. So you can go, man, we know everything there is to know. We are wise folks. We are full of wisdom. Is that why? No. So we, he said, here's why he says, I'm praying so that you can what? Know him better. So that you can know him better. Let me read it to you in the voice. This is another translation that I really love to read. It says this, This is why when I heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus that is present in your community and your great love for all of God's people, I haven't stopped thanking him for you. I am continually speaking to him on your behalf in my prayers. Here's what I say. Here's how I pray is what he says. God of our Lord Jesus, the anointed, Father of glory, I call out to you on behalf of your people. Give them minds ready to receive wisdom and revelation so that they will truly know you. So they'll know you personally. So they'll know you. You see, according to this scripture, we need, you might, you and me, we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to better know Him. You know what that says? That says you can't just work it up. You can't, you can't make it happen. You can't, you know, crawl over in a corner somewhere and, and throw dirt on your head and, and fast for 35 days and, and, and memorize 400 scriptures and, and do this and, and all those things are good. Okay. I'm not saying they're not good, but just doing them in, in and of themselves will not help you know him any better. It's a spirit of wisdom. It's the Holy Spirit. We've already read lives where? In us, so that Holy Spirit lives in us, can give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation for what purpose? So we can know Him better. That's good, Bob. Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> you see, in other words, this, this is what he's saying. It takes God to open up our hearts so we can know Him. Is that awesome? See, God, you know what? You know what's awesome about that? 
God wants to do that. We don't have to beg him and plead and, and, and bribe him. We don't have to, you know, do something to make it happen. We, we can just pray and say, God, give me, give me a spirit of wisdom or else. God, I want to know you better. Open up my heart and my mind to understand and to know you better, Dad. That's what I want. And I pray that for other folks. Pray, we ought to be praying that for each other. Fact is, if you don't have anything else to pray for, just pray that for me. I'll be selfish. <laughs> I want to know him better. You know, you know what that says? No matter, no matter how long you've been born again, no matter how long you've walked with God, no matter how much you know about him, there's still another level you can go to. Is that awesome? That I, can, that I can know him better, that I can be more intimate with him, that I can understand him, that I can, that I can, that I can just know him. That's what Paul's praying. Now, this is my prayer for you guys. It's, it's that, that this happens in you. You see, it's, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing to, to say that we know him. It's one thing to know this. You can know the Bible. You can have the scriptures, and we're going to look at that in a few minutes. You can know those things. You can, you can quote all kinds of facts about God. You can quote, you can, you can know all kinds of theology and still not know Him personally. That you might know Him. If I was to ask you, like this, I am going to ask you. <laughs> In the New Testament, who would you say is, is one of the strongest followers of Jesus, one of the strongest Christians in the Bible in the New Testament? Who would you say that was? Most everybody said Paul, right? I mean, he, in my mind, when I read some of the stuff he did and some of the stuff he said, I'm thinking he's, he's, in, a, he's in a totally different league than I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, when he says things like, you know, these light and momentary afflictions I went through, and you read what he went through, and he was beaten and stoned and thrown in jail, and he just, he just said, yeah, those are just light and momentary afflictions, no biggie. You know, if I was going through that, I'd be moaning and complaining and griping and saying, where are you at, God? I mean, they're, they're, in, they're thrown in jail, Paul and Silas. I love this passage of Scripture. It's in Acts 16 where they, they, they tried to go here. Go back there and read it this afternoon. It says in the Scriptures that they tried to go to this place, and the Holy Spirit stopped them. And they tried to go there, and the Holy Spirit stopped them. And they tried to go there, and Jesus stopped them. Then they have this dream. Okay, Paul has this dream about this man from Macedonia. And so they think, that's God speaking to us. Let's go to Macedonia. So they go to Macedonia and they start preaching there. And guess who gets saved? Who's the first person to say there? Who knows? No, just before the jailer. Lydia, a woman. A woman. He, he saw a dream of a who? A man. But a woman gets saved. And then after she gets saved, this other girl that they cast demons out of, and then the people that were there were making money off her, they got ticked off, and they came, and they had Paul and Silas thrown in jail. And in jail, it wasn't, you know, the Taj Mahal kind of jail. This was a dungeon type of jail. Would, would I'm not going to describe it, but just stuff everywhere. <laughs> okay? It wasn't a happy place. And they're there, and you know what the Bible says they were doing? They were singing. 
I'm sorry. I, you know, I feel like I'm a strong follower of Jesus, but I'm just not sure I've been singing. I might have been questioning God. I mean, if I was Silas, I'd be questioning Paul. Paul, uh, well, why could, are you sure we were supposed to go here? Where's the man you saw? So far, all we've seen is a girl and a woman. <laughs> I, I know all the rest of y'all are such strong believers, you'd have been singing with Paul and Silas. I, <laughs> but they're, they're singing. And then God shows up, and, and the jail doors open up, and the chains fall off. And then and, 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 and what's so crazy is all the rest of the prisoners were still staying there. And the jailer comes, and he's getting ready to kill himself. And Paul stops him and says, don't do it. We're all still here. I mean, put yourself there. Why were the rest of the guys still there? Because they saw something. So what it, I mean, there's something to say about somebody that's singing in the middle of the night. But even, look at Paul for a second. As strong as, a, I mean, in my mind, Paul is like the... Um, I don't, he's like the, he's like what I'm reached for. You know, I want to be like Paul. I don't want to go through all the crap that he went through. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, any of y'all want to sign up for that stuff? I don't want to go through, it, it, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a strong Christian without going through that. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't up to us. Have y'all noticed that? <laughs> Sometimes you go through that anyway, and it does. If, if, if you follow Jesus, it'll make you a stronger believer. But Paul, this is Paul. This is the guy that if anybody we could, you could put on a, on a pedestal, if there's anybody that you could say, he's the guy. He's the, he's, he's the one that, that we all want to be like. It's Paul. And Paul makes this statement in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. I'm going to read it to you out of the voice. It says this, this is, this is the Apostle Paul. But whatever I used to count as my greatest accomplishments, I've written them off as a loss because of the anointed one. And more so, I now realize that all I gained and thought was important. Now, what's he talking about there? His background. They talked about he was who he was. He was this. They thought. I mean, basically, most people, historians tell us, they thought Paul would be the next high priest. He'd be the main dude. He was very well educated, very smart, very trained. He was running around killing Christians before he got saved. Okay. Then Paul says this. I'm those things that I that could that I could hold as like a pedigree. I could put them on my wall. I could put the degrees that I've got. I could put how learned I was. I could put my background. I could put my family background. I was raised in the right family. I went to the right schools. Paul says this. I count those with loss. I've written them all. More so, I now realize that all I gained and thought was important was nothing but yesterday's garbage. Compared, look what it says, compared to knowing the anointed Jesus, my Lord. For him, I have thrown everything aside. It's, I love this. It's nothing but a pile of waste, is what the voice says, translates it. How many of y'all around when I preached a sermon called Scubula? Any of y'all remember that? Four of you. I'm not going to go there because nobody really liked it when I preached it. <laughs> but Scubula is the word. It's a Greek word he's using for there. Scubula is a word that's a vulgar term. Paul could have used many terms there, but he used, literally it was like a cuss word. 
And just use your imagination of, the, of what he means when he says waste, okay? You with me? <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm, boy, I'm digressing here bad. I want a T-shirt. I'm serious. I want a T-shirt that says Scubula Happens. <laughs> now you know what the word Scubula means, right? <laughs> Can you just put, I'm serious. I'm dead serious when I say this. Can you imagine, and then maybe on the back have a passage in Philippians where he, where he says that. Can you imagine walking into this little restaurant somewhere and, and, and your shirt, scuba happens, and everybody will know what that means. Okay? And they're going to ask you, what? Scuba? What's that? And you, I mean, it's going to open wide the doors to just tell somebody about Jesus. <laughs> Y'all think that'll work? I'm going I'm to try it one day. You ain't see. I'm going to have me a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Boy, did I get sidetracked. Where am I at here? Yeah, for, for, for him I've thrown it aside and I count it with a pile of waste so that I might gain him. When it counts, I want to be found belonging to him. Look at, look at these words, knowing him, gain him, belonging to him, not clinging to my own righteousness based on law, but actively relying on the faithfulness of the anointed one. This is true righteousness supplied by God, acquired by faith. Look at what verse 10 says. I want to know him inside and out. This is Paul. Paul's still saying, here's my, here's, here's my heart's desire. Paul says, I want to know him. In other words, I want to know him better. And that's the prayer he prayed for this church at Ephesus. And I believe it's prayed for us that we will know him and that we will know him better. I want to know him inside and out. I want to experience the power of his resurrection. Everybody signed up? I want to know the power of his resurrection. Amen. Count me in. You there? And join in his suffering, shaped by his death. Y'all ready to sign up for that one? (laughs) Don't we love to just pick scriptures out and half quote them? I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. But I don't really want to suffer. I don't want that part. (laughs) And join in his suffering, shaped by his death, so that... I may arrive safely at the resurrection from the dead. I, I just, I just, this is Paul and his heart's desire is, God, I just want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to know more about you. I want to know everything there is to know about you, Dad. I want to know Jesus. I, I press in so I can know him. I count all this rest of this junk just garbage. Why? Because I want to know him. And he says in Ephesians, the passage we just read, he prays this prayer. And listen at me. It takes the Spirit of God to do that in us. You can't, you can't just know him better on your own. The Holy Spirit has to reveal him to you. But, you know, I think that's a prayer that he delights in answering. When we pray, when you pray, see, the Bible's got a lot. Man, the Bible has a lot, a lot of verses that say when we pray according to his will, he'll do what? Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> There's a lot of places in the Bible where it says if we pray according to his will, he will answer us. 
And one place says, and show us great and mighty things that we don't know of. He'll, he'll answer us if we pray according to his will. So if I'm praying according to God's will, I can have an expectation that he's going to what? And this is deep, isn't it? Now let me ask you this. If there's a prayer in the Bible, and I pray that same prayer, that's probably a pretty good chance it's going to be his will. I tell you, y'all forget how deep I am. (laughs) So I can take that prayer and I can pray it for me and I can pray it for you. God, I pray you just give us all, Dad. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can know you. We want to know you. We want to know you better. We want to know who you are, Dad. We want to know your ways. We want to know your thoughts. We We want to understand you. We want to walk with you. That's what he's saying. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. He says this, Our pursuit of God is successful just because he is forever seeking to manifest himself to us. Is that powerful? Our pursuit, us, us going after God, us pursuing him, us wanting to know him. The only reason that even happens, the only reason we can get that is this, because he's forever wanting to show himself to us. That's him. You don't, you don't have to beg, plead, and, and, and agonize or, or groan and moan. And, and God wants to answer that prayer. <laughs> He wants us to know. He wants to manifest himself to us. He wants to show himself to us. And we can pray and he'll, he'll give us that spirit of revelation and wisdom. You see, our pursuing him isn't something, it's not, it's not part of a list of things that we got to do. You with me? Our pursuing him isn't on this to-do list. Okay, man, I better check this one off. I got I got to do this today. Man, I sure hope I get time to do that. I, I need to pursue God today. I need. Whew. Man, I'm running out of time today. I, I maybe I can put it off to tomorrow. <laughs> it's not one of those things we have to do. It's not some command. It's not some ritualistic thing that we got to do every day. It's something we get to do. There's a big difference. I don't have to. It's something I get to do it. And you know what? It's God. See, we talked about the sovereignty of God and who he is. But look at it. It's God that even puts that desire in me to begin with to want to do it. Without him putting that in me, I wouldn't even want to know him. And so he, he just puts that in. It's a, it's a hunger. It's a thirst. It's a, it's a drive in us. It's like the psalmist says, as the deer pants after the water, so my heart pants after you, God. Read the Psalms, and you can just see David's heart crying out to know God, to walk with him. Wow. I've got so much more to go. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, but we got to beat the Baptist to the restaurant. <laughs> That's my whole goal. That's why I'm always trying to finish early. <laughs> That's why we do church from 10 to 11:30. Didn't y'all know that? I mean, there's reasons. There's a motive behind everything around there. Wow. How do I land this plane mid midstream? I don't. Let's. Mm. 
We're going to, this is part one. Okay, we're going to come back next week and do part two. But I want to read one thing because Josh hit it today. I just think it's so funny. I want to read this. Not funny is not the right word. Remember me telling you guys, you all heard me say this probably a couple of times, that, that USA Today, I think it was about 10 years ago, the article came out. I just said this last week, that 75% of Americans believe God's a mean, angry God. Do I remember that? That's 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 who we're that's how we're dealing with people. I just read this last week. It's an article that says this: seven lies that people believe about God. These are seven lies. This article was written in 2015. Okay, so three years ago. And I'm not going to read them all today. We'll get to that next week. But here's one of them. It's a lie. Here's number four: <laughs> that he doesn't sing. <laughs> Is that awesome? Josh didn't know I was going to share that today. He started, remember, were y'all here 30 minutes ago when he was talking about God singing over us? He doesn't sing. That's one lie that people believe about God. You know why? People, when you're singing, guess what? There's, there's joy that comes out of you, Right? There's a happiness that comes out of you when you're singing. If God is, is God is singing over us, you know what that means? It means he's not mad at us. It means he's not angry with us. It means he's not ready to zap us when we get out of line. It means that he has joy in his heart. You can't sing over somebody without joy. So God sings over us. I love that. Actually, this, and the writer says this, God loves to sing. He goes from hymns to war sounds to lullabies. <laughs> Zephaniah says this, 317, you guys ought to have this memorized. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. There's a book I read a while back, and I can't think of the title, but it's basically how God sings today. He sings over you. I'd encourage you to find it. I'll get the title for it uh, to you later if you can't find it online. But the whole book is about God singing over us. He delights in singing over us. He has, he has good stuff for us. He has plans for us. And I think we need to just learn how to take time, kind of like we did this morning. We need to, during your regular weekly times with God, take time to just be still and tune into what God's doing. Tune into what He's saying. You know what? You might hear Him singing over you. <laughs> when you hear God singing over you, you can't walk away from that encounter depressed. <laughs> or discouraged, or beat up. This is God that delights in us. He delights in us so much he just sings over us. That's the God we want to know. We want to know him better. I want to, I just, I love that. I, I've been walking with Jesus 40 plus years now, 40, 43. 43 years I've been walking with Jesus. I got saved 43 years ago. I was two years old when it happened. <laughs> Give or take 20 years or so. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, I know more about God today than I did 40 years ago. 
And not just about him. It's not just knowledge that I've gained, but I know him better. I've spent 40 years getting to know God. Kathy and I have been married 40 years. That woman's been putting up with me. Can you believe that for 40 years? (laughs) What was that about a miracle or God's God's goodness, kindness? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) 40 years. I've been, I've been growing in my love with Jesus, growing in my understanding of who he is. And you know what? I think, in, I think if I could put it in some kind of way to describe it, if my understanding of, of how much he loves me could fill up a, a what's that word, a thimble? Isn't, that, isn't a thimble the little thing you put on your? My understanding of that would fill up a thimble of him. My understanding of how much he loves me in comparison to the ocean is how much he does love me. We got a ways to go. <laughs> we can know him better. We can we can fall greater more in love with him. I mean is that crazy? You can do you love Jesus now? You can fall more in love with Jesus. I'm serious. You can I mean you may think you that's impossible, but look at you can fall more in love with Jesus. This time next year you can love him more than you do today. I like that. I can I can begin to grasp, and it's and again, not in my only strength, not in my own ability, but the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in me, that lives in me, can give me wisdom and can give me a revelation. It takes a revelation from God to get that. And we ought to we ought to just constantly be praying that over ourselves and over each other. God give us a revelation. Let's stand up, guys. Joshua, come on up and just, just kind of play, play something for us. Unless you got a word that's jumping out in you. I want to do this. I want to. Um, I want to just pray. I want, to just, I want to just pray over you guys kind of corporately. Okay? Y'all okay with that? So if you would, just kind of, again, we always call this the vineyard position. There's nothing particular, I guess, holy about it, but it's a way of saying, God, I'll, this is the receive mode. I want to receive. So I want to just pray over you guys. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just I pray and I keep asking, Dad. I keep praying. As the Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus, and we just pray that this fellowship, this body, that this this people here in this place, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you. Dad, I pray you would increase that in us, Lord. I pray for a deeper revelation. I pray for a deeper understanding of you, Dad. I just, just 
just receive. Let the Holy Spirit just begin to speak to you. As I, even as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit just begin to speak to you. Begin to reveal who He is. Begin to reveal how awesome He is. Begin to reveal how much He cares for you, how much He loves you. Begin to reveal how special you are to Him. Begin to reveal to you in a deeper way who He is. And just, just begin to receive that. Dad, I just I pray, Father, for just an outpouring of your love outpouring of your love on your people this morning. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Holy Spirit, come. Just come and move. Come and move. Come and release power, Lord. Come and release just the knowledge and the understanding of who you are. Give us a greater understanding, Dad. Give us a greater revelation of who you are, Lord. May we grow in that. Let us begin to grasp how awesome you are. Let us begin to grasp how incredible you are, Dad. Let us be able to begin to grasp how much you care for us, how much you love us, and how how we're special to you, Dad, how we are the apple of your eye, Lord. Let it come, Dad. Just begin to pour that into the hearts of your people. I just, I just, in a group this size, I'll guarantee you there's at least one person, if not more, that struggles with that, that struggles to believe that God loves them. It's a struggle that's in your heart, and you just, you just, you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it, and you've heard it, but it's just not sunk in. It's just, it's just something that's been something you've heard. And I just pray that this morning that the Holy Spirit would break through and show you, begin to reveal to you in your heart how much God loves you, how he picked you out, how before the foundations of the world, he knew you. Let it come, Lord. Just come. Begin to pour out your love, Lord. Begin to put it deep in our hearts, Lord. Deeper understanding. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.